If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, everyone, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menchus, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. I'm super excited. I have Kyle Payne here. He's someone in local in the Minnesota market that I met. He's been part of our Sales Coach Now community. It's just been really fun getting to know him and just watching his success over the last year. So lots of things to share today. First, I just want to say hello to Kyle and welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show. Ursula, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm equally as excited to be here as well. I'm so excited. Kyle was recently on a panel at the Quantum Sales Summit, and he shared a lot of great strategies that he used to grow his sales, and he was going to share some of those today. So let me tell you about Kyle. Kyle Payne is a digital marketing consultant with Vivial, an award-winning digital marketing agency in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes, this this right now, this time, we're in this very cold area of Minneapolis. Kyle has been in professional sales for the last 12 plus years, spending the last five years in digital marketing and seven years in software sales prior to that. While Kyle has always been a consistent producer for the companies he has worked for, it has been in the last 12 months where Kyle has excelled beyond average into a superstar status. In 2017, Kyle's first full year with Vivial, he was the number one overall ranked sales rep at 192% of quota. Wow. In just the first month of 2018, Kyle has already exceeded his revenue from all of 2017. He has recently been handpicked to spear a new division with Vivial targeted to focus on mid-market and enterprise level opportunities. And best of all, in his free time, Kyle enjoys spending time with his wife, Brooke, and their two cats. I have to ask, what are your cats' names? We have a female cat named Tobin and a male cat named Ash. So. They're a little bit reversed on the names, but that's that fits uh, their personalities just fine, though. I love it. My husband and I had cats for 20 years, and then they passed away after we moved, but they were our kids. We miss them very much. Oh, they're very much our babies. So, and they, oh. they talk to us. They're Siamese cats, so they talk to us all the time. So, they're like a teenager. I, <laughs> Siamese cats. I love them. All right. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you today to have this conversation. I also, you know, of course, we appreciate your sense of humor, Kyle. So let's dive into the questions. So let's go back. When you first started out in sales, first started your sales career, what were 
the limiting beliefs that you had, if any, back in the day about sales or selling? Yeah, you know, thinking about this, I go back to really my first sales job, which I did a stint in the financial services industry. And I remember sitting in my, you know, the first day of training was all great. It's all the warm and fuzzies. And then it got to the point where they said, okay, well, we're going to have you actually sit in a cubicle and start calling your friends and family to see about scheduling meetings. And I remember sitting in the cubicle and this is before we had smartphones or they were just coming out. And so I went through my list in about five minutes and we had about an hour of calling and just this feeling of just sitting there in a cubicle without a computer, without anything to do to entertain myself. And wondering, well, do I just call them again? I just called them five minutes ago. And getting back into the conference room, the boardroom with the other agents at the time and hearing all their success story, I think that really solidified one of my early on limiting beliefs. And that was that I just didn't believe that I was the person that was actually going to have success, whereas I could see other people doing it, but that wasn't me. And that was probably one of my biggest limiting beliefs that I had with my, for myself. Was the, so was the idea that Everyone else could do it, but it wasn't you. You, it couldn't be you. Yeah. And so go, so go a little bit, dig deep a little bit there with that one, Kyle. Why, where do you think that came from? And in the beginning, like, what did it take for it to start to go away if it did at all? Yeah. I, I think the, it psychologically, until we have an experience of something, it's really hard for human beings to actually truly deep down believe that it's something's going to happen. So the experience of, you know, not having the ability to actually succeed in that role, I think solidified that belief that not only did I not have the experience of succeeding, but I had the experience of the exact opposite of that. And I think the only thing that, you know, one of the things that was important for me to have this start to go away to a point where I could have some of the success I've had more recently is to start being aware of some of the experiences that I've had that I'm not, you know, that I have talent, that I can be personal, that I can interact with people, I can be likable. And if I can do those things, then I can be able to succeed. So I think a lot of times for people that are struggling to have that type of success and don't see themselves as that person, the most important thing that I could recommend to do is start to pay attention to the things, the experiences you have that show point to the fact that you do have talent. You can uh, make strides because that's really kind of what started that process to get out of that muck and start to uh, be in a position where um, I could take further strides later on in my career. Yeah. I mean, I think we we all start somewhere. And Kyle, just I'm curious, did you make cold calls and warm calls in the beginning? Yeah. So I've, um, I've always in some way, shape or form made cold calls in probably any career I've been in. But also I do a lot of networking or uh, referrals and warmer calls as well too. Awesome. I'm going to come back to that because I want to talk about cold calling a little bit before we finish today, just because I think there's a lot of fear around it. And yet I feel like it's such a lost art and there's so many people that could benefit from making a cold call. So we want to cover that a little bit on the call today, but let's go. So then, so fast forward, think back um, over the course of your career. Do you remember your first double or your first really big month? And what was that like for you? Did it shift your limiting beliefs about sales or selling? Like what, what happened after that? Yeah, I mean, it really, I had been a very average performer for most of my career with some ups and downs uh, throughout that. So it wasn't until actually recently with the current company I'm with Vivial that uh, I really started to see some of those quantum leaps. And so I started with Vivial midway through 2016. And by the end of that year, I was able to just barely uh, get ahead of my quota. So 
and it was a struggle. It was it was a you know a dash you know race to the end, right? And it was at that point that I actually you know ironically met you, and you invited me to the sales quantum uh, the first quantum sales summit. And it was at that event that I met a lady uh, who sat next to me. Uh, her name's Kathy Paper. And we did a, when we did our networking thing breakout. I was sitting next to her. We stood up. We looked at her. Well, might as well do this with one another. And I think one of the important things that went through my head is that instead of trying to run away and find someone new, just you know work with what's there. And in the conversation, she shared with me. I shared what I did with digital marketing. She said, you know, I have a, a friend of mine who's looking for some help in marketing. I'll make an introduction to him for you if you'd like. And I said, absolutely. And I, funny thing is that I told her that if I went in with her on your sales camp as a guest and covered half the cost, you know, would you, I asked her, would you make sure to make that introduction? Cause I was concerned that she might not make it. And she said, absolutely. So the next, so, so the next day I get an email, which is a Saturday to a company that was a name recognizable company here in Minneapolis. That is a $400 million company. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is much bigger than I thought. As a result of that sale, that sale alone was the equivalent of the amount of revenue I sold all of, uh, the previous year for the first six months. And the other revenue I sold outside of that deal actually matched that was about the same size. So I sold about $15,000 in new monthly business compared to a little over 70, I think $7,200 in the previous, the first six months on the job. And so the experience of that was a couple things I took from it. One was that I had the experience of not just being a solid producer, which I've had before, but I had experience of being top rep. And that was a game changer. I'm actually seeing my, my name, not just, you know, in the top 20% or top 10%, but seeing my name at the top of the stack rankings and realizing this is who I am. This is where I'm supposed to be. And not, I mean, I didn't need to convince myself of that. I believed that I knew that that was true, but the knowing really came as a result of experiencing it. And I wouldn't have had that experience if I didn't trust in the process, if I wasn't willing to put myself out there. Because I wouldn't, have, I might not have talked to Kathy Paper, and then that would have totally changed the trajectory of my career. That's amazing. I love what happens in that quantum room. I love it. And we, Kathy Paper is actually. It's <laughs> well, we love you. We want to have you on the stage again <laughs> next year. I mean, that's why you know, and we've had Kathy Paper. She's the guest on our show as well, and she's just a phenomenal connector. And it's such a great reminder, though. You're right. Like you were willing to. Number one, inv- you invested in yourself. Number two, you know, you talked to Kathy, and you mm-hmm. you asked again, like. Like there was this opportunity and you, you were willing to ask again. And, you know, she followed through very quickly, you know, bless her. And, but you, you were following the trail of opportunity that was unfolding. And so many of us, we get scared, we contract, you know, we might pay to show up at an, to pay for an event, but then we don't show up or fear gets in the way. So it's just a great example of how you were willing to go in. But I love what you said. Oh, I, I got chills when you said you went from, you know, being a producer to, being a top rep, being number one. And once you hit it, you knew that's who you are. Like you knew at a deep level, I am a top rep. I am number one. And it's, it is different. Like when you get to that level and you have that knowing, no one can ever take that away from you. So I want to go there. Like, so what do you know now about sales and selling and, and what does it mean to be a number one sales rep? What does that mean to you? All right. So anyone in sales, or know someone sales heard this, that they're buying you, not the product or yes. the company. And so, and, and that is true. That is very true. But as a salesperson, then we try to be someone that we think that they mm. want to buy from and we miss the boat. And the boat is this. If I am who I am, then I will come across well. People like me, there will literally be an energy that they want what I have. Because in reality, whether it's in business or any aspect of life, 
I'm of the belief that we're all just trying to be authentic, be our, be our authentic self, that there's something about that, that we feel that we settle into who we are. There's a security, there's a safeness, there's a energy to it. And so when we're around someone else who has found, who is being their authentic self, that energy plays off of that other person. And so, you know, one of the most important things I learned about sales is that I had to become comfortable with who I am and allow things to unfold, enjoy the ride, stop trying to pedal upstream, stop trying to dictate what's going to happen, stop trying to worry about what's in the future, the obstacles I need to navigate in the future, or you know the, the failures I've had in the past, and be in the present moment and actually enjoy the ride. And when I'm in the present moment, the irony is, is that I'm actually being my best version of my authentic self. And then it's, then it's a game and then it's fun. Then you get to, you don't have to go in worrying about, I need to make sure I say this when I do this or do this when after this. I had a sales manager back when I was in uh, software sales back in Chicago, where I'm originally from. And he said, he said to me, he was one, probably my best manager because he gave me so many pearls of wisdom. And he said, Kyle, if you could just get dumber, you would sell so much more. <laughs> And what I can't, and at first I was really upset. I really didn't like that he said that because I was of the mindset, no, I got to get smarter because I need to figure out how to, a way to get people to see what I see, right? And I finally, many years later, realized what the purpose of that was. I, I need to let go of all the things I think are important and just be present and be a good person and take a sincere interest in the other person across from me and trust that wherever this goes is going to end up really good for everyone involved. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, Kyle. I love, no, don't apologize. This is so, so good for people to hear. And I want to encourage you to write a book someday because I think you have, I know you have a lot to say that could really help a lot of people. One of those things, and we talk about that, we talk about a lot in this community about just being authentic, be yourself. And, you know, there's a quote out there, be yourself, everyone else is already taken, right? Just be you. And there's so much power in being you. But the other thing you said is like, slow down, right? Like stop worrying about Mm -hmm. what everybody else is thinking, doing, saying. And I know one of the messages I've gotten this year, and it keeps coming out. It's coming up in this conversation. It's coming up in a conversation I had with my coach yesterday. The idea of just be still, Mm -hmm. Like just slow down, mm-hmm. be present. And, you know, even on like one of my, my own challenges has always been, I, I move really fast and it doesn't always serve me well. In fact, I fell down the stairs like a couple of weeks ago. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. But it was a great <laughs> reminder that, you know, sometimes there's, we all have to slow down. And even being on this, this moment with you right now, it's like, we need to slow down and really unpack what you said, which is number one, be yourself. Number two, be present and you know, allow that connection to unfold and whoever you're with, whether it's a client or a potential strategic partner or a friend, that whatever that connection is, you know, it's going to take you both or all whoever's there to a better place. I think that's so powerful because we can have, we can walk into a meeting with so many expectations. I think that's great. I I believe in having high expectations of serving, but also surrendering to whatever, wherever this goes, it's going to go where it's supposed to and letting go and taking the pressure off. Right. Well, one of my favorite, so I read a lot of books, so I would encourage anyone listening to this to start reading books. And it's fine to have fun books that are just kind of fantasy stuff, but have some books that are more thought provoking as well. And one of the, one of my favorite people I, I read about was a guy named Dr. Milton Erickson, who is, he, he passed away in 1980, so most people don't know him. And he was really the forefather of hypnotic techniques to be used within mm-hmm. the medical environment. And one of the things that I took away from his his case studies reading on him was that 
Someone once came up to him after he had said something in a very unique way that unlocked this person that was like magical. And was off. And what he said was not like, you know, he said this to 20,000 people before this person. And so this other person overheard this came up to him and said, how did you know to say that in this exact moment in that way? And his response was, I didn't. It just came to me. And I think we forget, we don't have enough experience of realizing that we are extremely resourceful when we get out of our own way. And I also say, too, on your comment of the importance of being still, that's critical, in my opinion, to get to your authentic self. Because when we slow down and when we become still, and we're, what we're doing is we're getting out of our monkey brain and we're actually just observing. So we're, we're seeing the world as an observer, not as someone who's trying to figure something out. When we get into that state or get out of that state of trying to figure things out and just observe and just being, we're actually shutting down the ego and the ego's attempt to try to figure out what we need to do to avoid certain death or worrying about our failures in the past and is this going to repeat itself, right? So we can actually get present. This interesting thing that happens is that people try to find their authentic self. They try to be their authentic self. Well, I'm going to let everyone into a little secret. You can't try to be your authentic self. You can only be your authentic <laughs> self. If you're trying, you're actually acting. And if you're acting, then it's the one thing I know for certain is that whatever you're acting as is not at the heart of your authentic self. And the only way to get there is not through trying to add things or do things, but is to actually strip away the false versions of your of what you think is who you are through your ego. Your ego creates these identities, these roles. And it's through stripping these away that you actually come to be your authentic self. So simple awareness of these identities that we have of ourselves through our ego and just acknowledging that, you know, there's probably something more core or more authentic to me that's behind that and allowing those versions to slip away. Then all of a sudden you find yourself as being your authentic self and you're very powerful and you can, you can do, people can do a lot of good in that state. Oh, so, so true. I know this is going to be one that people want to listen to again. Just so many pearls of wisdom. I think you should be out there speaking, Kyle. Something to think about speaking and writing, talking about these things. I think you could help a lot of people. So, you know, I'm always planting seeds. There you go. All right. I want to, I want to tie back to, <laughs> I want to tie back to your number one limiting belief. I think we touched on this, but like if you look back at the trajectory of your entire life from when you were little to all the way to now, what was the, what do you think is the number one limiting belief that you changed that has led to your success today? Yeah. And it's so, what I think the number one limiting belief for me is that I always, I went from believing others could do what I wanted to do to then believing that I could. So I could then have an experience that led me to knowing I could. And once I know I can do something because I've had an experience of it, then I no longer have any belief that is less than that cannot cease to exist because I have fundamental evidence that that belief is incorrect. And I think sometimes we try to think our, you know, if we identify our limiting belief, which is really at least half the battle, that we try to convince ourselves out of that limiting belief. And the unfortunate thing is that if you have that limiting belief, then you can't believe anything outside of that, which is where you need to get to in order to demolish that limiting belief. Just believing though in small things like I, you know, I can have different experiences or uh, believing in something that you've already had an experience that contradicts that. Because usually we have contradictions to our limiting beliefs. So once we can allow ourselves to remember those things, it helps to eliminate, it helps to put some kinks in the armor until we can start having greater experiences that completely create a situation where it can't possibly, that limiting belief can no longer be possible. Can you share what that limiting belief was for you? 
So I had a, so in, in sales, and there's probably these types of variations in all areas of life. But in the one that I had in sales was, I remember this clear as day, I was sitting with a good friend of mine who I still talk to to this day. And this is probably eight years ago, no, at least eight or nine years ago. And we worked at the same company. He had moved on to go to another company and be financially very successful, you know, took a mark on a marketplace that had previously been a disaster and literally turned around overnight. Like he was like the second coming that he would just he would touch someone and then all of a sudden it would magically rise from the dead type of thing. Like that's the, that's where, how I viewed him. And I remember sitting at a subway with him, just catching up. And he said something to the fact to me, he said, Kyle, do you believe that when you go into a meeting, you're going to get a sale? And I remember trying to like being really freaked out by that question because I knew the answer, but I didn't want to believe it. And at the time, you know, I said to him, yeah, you know, I do. And he says, no, you don't. And he's like, that's okay. And that was that was my limiting belief was that I didn't believe when I went into a meeting with someone that I was going to make a sale, assuming that it made sense for them to do business with us or do business with me. And it wasn't until I started realizing that who I really was and my authentic self and knowing that I can, if I'm sitting down with someone who is ready to do something that I have a solution to help them, I know that they're going to work with me. Wow. So you went from not believing it to having a knowing that if it's the right fit, they will be, well, they will do business with you. Right. And even if it's, you know, and going into any situation, I know the right outcome will happen. So I've had deals where, you know, from my perspective, you know, it made most sense for them to work, pick my company or our services over the other service they were looking at. And I didn't always win those deals. So it's not like, you know, I have Midas touch and I can brainwash people like uh, with Chief Jet at no, right. Teams, right. But I look back and like, so one company went with a different provider because they wanted, they had a very specific need that they wanted. And it, while I don't necessarily agree that that was the best criteria, that was their criteria. And I know going into this that I'm going to help them get to whatever is where, however far they can mm-hmm. go and whatever is whatever is the right path. Of. So it's not about I have to win and beat you. It's I want to go into this and get you to wherever you need to be because maybe that, you know, the path that this company took is what they need to do right now in order to have some kind of other revelation down the road that I certainly am not God. I don't know what that is, So, nor should I ju- pass judgment on whether it was right or wrong. That's just what is. But I believe that whatever happens is exactly what should happen. And I'm okay with that. So Kyle, for our listeners, and we have listeners all over the world now, give us a sense of what that feels like. Because I can feel like there could be someone sitting there listening to this right now feeling very frustrating. They're like, oh, that's great for you, Kyle, that you know, like you know that now. But give us a sense of what it's like to be in your body or like what it feels like or what you say to yourself. Or so how could someone go from where you were, which was, a, you know, a limiting belief of I'm not going to get the sale walking in to now a knowing of I do have the right product. This is the right prospect. If they say yes, I know it's going to be great for them. If they say no, it is what it is, but I still know that this is great for them. Like, what kind of advice could you give to that person who's just having a tough time in sales right now and just maybe banging their head against the wall and saying, I wish I were Kyle? Yeah. Well, the good news is that everyone that's hearing this has everything that they need in order to get to wherever they need to be. And I also say too, if you're frustrated or feel like, you know, you don't, you know, you're not where someone else is. Instead of passing judgment as that is the right or wrong, that that's wrong and that you need to be better, just consider the possibility that just maybe that feeling that you're having right now is exactly what you're supposed to be experiencing. Let that experience be there, right? And I'll also describe how I felt before kind of a, a shift. And because I think it will relate to what a lot, some people at least might be experiencing on this. 
And that is that I always felt antsy. I always was worrying. My mind was racing. I was always thinking about what could they say instead of actually listening to what they literally were saying. I mean, so obvious that why would I be worrying about things they're not saying instead of worrying about what they are saying? And, and so, and a lot of negative thoughts, thoughts of you know disbelief, or you know, so going down that path. What it's like now is some of the telltale signs that I know I'm in the right state. And believe me, I'm not always in this state. I get I get unnerved too, so I'm human. But I know when I'm on the right path. When I feel a sense of at peace, that there's a calmness. Things are slowing down. My mind, I'm catching my mind when it's trying to figure things out and saying, nope, let's just stay here and let's wait for that voice in our head that comes from, you know, seemingly outside of me, gives me some idea. And there's also a strong sense of letting go. Like I'm I'm okay if I don't have an answer. I'm okay if things aren't going the way that I want them to or think that they should be going. And there's a high level of acceptance. So, you know, peace, uh, harmony with the person around you that you're not fighting them, sense of energy. So I like to think of it as vitality, like energy of life that I feel alive and that things are just, they are what they are and I can accept it. And that's that, that acceptance is really critical to get to that state of peace. Yes. So I would encourage people, if you're not where you want to be, stop resisting it. The second you stop resisting it, things will get better. Yes. Just accept it. It's okay for, it's okay if you're not where you want to be. I mean, I look back now and when back in the day, I didn't want to be where I was, but now I have the benefit of, you know, hindsight. And if I wasn't there, I wouldn't have had the experiences I needed in order to do the things I did that got me to where I am now. I think that's the great reminder of looking for the experiences that are coming towards you that will get you where you want to go. Write the goal down. If you want to be the number one sales rep, write it down and then watch the steps that show up. And you're right. Like just accept where you are. It's okay. We all start somewhere. We all sometimes go backwards, but it's what's next that we want to pay attention to. And just like, you know, Kyle, you're a great example of there were next steps. You invested in yourself. You ended up meeting someone at the quantum sales summit. You showed up, you followed through with the lead. Like you just kept taking the steps that were in front of you. And you went from a limiting belief to now a knowing of what it's like to be number one. And it wasn't even like, if you think about it, Kyle, you weren't, you weren't very many steps away. It's kind of like Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich. You were, you know, three feet from gold. And I think that a lot more people, when you're three feet from gold, though, uh, a lot of people feel like they're a thousand miles right. away. And that's why they, that's why there's that saying. I mean, it's not like I feel like I'm really close. It's, you know, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Matrix movies and I love the first movie in particular because of the awakened hero theme. A lot of us are heroes. We just haven't awakened yet. And a lot of times it's something that happens that is going to trigger that, that you go from one moment where you believe you can do it to knowing you can do it. Yes. Oh, it's so good. All right. We got to keep going. I love, this is such a fun conversation, but I know people are going to wonder. So when you had that bit, and you've already shared some of this, but when you had that big growth and you went to number one, what were the top two sales strategies that you utilized that were most effective for you at that time? Yeah. So definitely the number one thing I would recommend recommend is goal setting and not just writing down your goals, um, although that's, that's the starting point, obviously, but also set daily goals for yourself. So when I come into the office, the first thing I do is I'm, I have my little note, notepad that's sitting right next to me and I have a list of all the things I want to accomplish. And then I prioritize them. Just like you know, one of the first books I read that kind of started me on this a reading frenzy about six years ago was uh, Brian Tracy. And I figured there's like 21 factors of effective living or something. It was something along those lines, but it was basically all his time management, a lot of his time management stuff. And it was great. Or it was No Excuses was the uh, name of the book. 
And it was great. And one of the things he said is write down your, your list, your goals for the day, and then prioritize them. Write a one, two, and a three next to the ones you have to get done that are going to be the most impactful for your day and get those done first. So write a list, you know, set goals, set daily goals. I have monthly goals. I also have quarterly goals. And then I also have annual and longer term goals, but I focus on 90 day chunks and then break it down to monthly and then break it down to what I'm going to be doing on a daily basis. And then review your goals daily. If you write your goals down and never look at them again, you might as well not bring them down. You need to review them. Keep them top of mind because that's what's going to attract things to you that's going to allow you to do the things to reach those goals. The second strategy I recommend is start to try, and we've kind of talked about this, start to trust the process and accept things as they come to you because they're not going to come to you in the way in which you think that they should. Almost guaranteed. I mean, you know, whatever force is out there has a sense of humor. It's going to play tricks on you. It's not going to work out the way that you think it should. So start accepting the process. Start saying yes as part of that instead of saying no. I could have easily said no to the idea of talking to Kathy Paper and gone find someone else to talk to that I had been sitting next to for half the day. But the thought in my head said, well, you should just talk to her. And I said yes to it. So just think about how many times in our given day we say no to things to avoid doing something different. And yet we complain about getting the same results. Yes. Excellent. So writing the goals down and then trusting the process. I love how you unpack that as well. Thank you. Now we have a little bit of time left. I, I want to make sure we hear from you and your expertise. You're an expert in digital marketing. So we'd love to hear your two to three strategies of what's going on out there or how, you know, the things you encourage your clients to do. I think it's, I think there's a lot of confusion about digital marketing. I think there's a lot of panic in digital marketing right now because so many things are changing. So Tell us, share with us. Yeah, I actually do. I've done some speaking events on the the myths of digital marketing for the specific reason that there's a lot of miscommunication. And unfortunately, it's an environment where people don't don't know what they don't know. And there's people in a, you know, in my industry that could be taken advantage of that. So if I could leave this with the audience um, to help you avoid getting going down the wrong path, there's really three areas where there's kind of miss. One of them, which the first one I'll mention is websites and that websites have to be expensive and you have to pay a lot of money up front. Now, there are cases where that is true, but for the majority, the overwhelming majority of businesses out there, websites do not need to be expensive because the platforms have commoditized a lot of the custom programming that no longer needs to be done. And therefore, the hours people spend is much more, it's minimized. So there's, you know, websites do not have to be expensive. The second area that's changed in our landscape is this term called search engine optimization or SEO, which I like to say is a fancy schmancy word that techie people like me like to use to confuse people to take advantage of them sometimes. So (laughs) SEO really is for those that aren't familiar with the term, basically it's just tactics that companies can do to get found when people look for your services on Google. That's really it, right? And there's a big misnomer that there's what a lot of people are doing are on-page SEO versus off-page SEO. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the nuances of that in this call, but obviously if you want to reach out to me afterwards, I'd be happy to, anyone hearing this, I'd be happy to explain this. But a lot of people are only doing on-page and has minimal effect and charging a lot of money, and they're not getting the off-page SEO tactics done that's leading to them not getting the results that they want. And then the last one I'll mention is let shift in our marketplace is pay-per-click or also known as search engine marketing, which is any paid advertising. Again, a term we use to confuse people. So uh, any pay-per-click with, with Google or Facebook, what's happening in the marketplace is that a lot of people are, there's really two ways you can pay for these services to hire someone. You can pay for effort or you can pay for results. 
And most people are paying for effort without realizing it. And there's a smarter way to do this, that firms are really generating their their revenue off of the results they're getting. And they're doing things that are getting, in some cases, 30 to 40% better results than their peers that are, are doing it based on effort. So I can, again, explain more of that. But that's probably the three things. Websites are, don't have to be expensive. SEO, you got to know the difference between on-page versus off-page SEO. And SEM, know how you're paying. Are you paying for effort? Are you paying for results? Oh, wow. Thank you for breaking it down and making it really clear because there's a lot of confusion out there. Kyle, I'd love to hear a success story. I love what you're talking about paying for effort versus paying for results. Any success stories there? You don't have to share client names, but just some of the results that you guys are seeing or some of the changes, like things that you've done for your clients. Yeah. So one client that recently came on board, a larger client of mine, they were spending, gosh, $10,000 plus a month. And, you know, and and the sad thing is that there's a lot of companies that are doing this that are spending a lot of money and not getting the basic things that they need to be getting. And so they didn't have their profile on Google set up. So when I literally, when I first searched for the company to get their address, it just said the city and the state on Google. Hmm. So so they're spending a lot. The moral of this is that they're spending a lot of money not getting the basic fundamentals taken care of. We were able to come in, knock off about 40% of their monthly fee and be able to uh, start to improve the efficiency of their pay-per-click campaign by you know upwards of 30 40%. So what that means is that because of how we're running the campaign they're getting for every dollar they spent before now they're getting a dollar 30 dollar 40 worth of clicks. Wow. That's fantastic. So for people who want to get more from you who are listening, want to find out or want just an opportunity to explore if this could be a fit for them or if you could help them, any information about like who who are your services best for? Is there a specific clients that this works well for? And then how can they contact you? Yeah, no, it's a great question because digital marketing can work for anyone that has a business where people are looking for their services online. So, you know, for anyone that's listening, if you ask yourself the question, you know, are people looking for my services online? If the answer is yes, then we can definitely help. There are some industries that tend to be a little bit more logical or more uh, commonplace for us. And those are professional services. So CPAs, attorneys, chiropractors, dentists, you know, in that professional realm. On the flip side of that, when you get into contractors or tra- the trades, those also tend to be very good. So plumbers, electricians, HVAC, you know, those are locksmiths, landscaping, any of those types of trade-oriented businesses. Uh, are also really great for us as well too. And then as far as you know, getting in contact with me, uh, you can reach out to me directly via my uh, work line at 763 area code 273-8149. Again, that's 763-273-8149. Or also feel free to just connect with me on LinkedIn and just let me know you heard this podcast and we can uh, connect and exchange more information that way as well too. Fantastic. Kyle, thanks so much for being here today and for sharing your experiences and you know just all the breakthroughs that you've had. I know it has inspired people in a lot of countries, which is really exciting. So I'm going to give you, um, before I wrap up completely, just some fi- a final word from you, Kyle. Like If someone's having their worst, worst day in sales today, what would you say to them? When things go bad, we tend to want to run from them. Our instinct is, we have a primal instinct to do that. It's literally built into our brain to keep us alive. Like when saber-toothed tigers were chasing us, right? That's where this developed, right? So acknowledge that that feeling of wanting to escape from this is a primal thing that's used for when saber-toothed tigers are chasing you. So ask yourself the question, is there a saber-toothed tiger that's trying to kill me? And the answer, most likely I'm going to assume, 
is no. And so if nothing's trying to kill you, just acknowledge that this is the this is a reaction for a different situation. And it's okay if I just sit in this for a while. And what happens is that when you sit in it, it dissolves. When you run from it, it chases you. So if you want to get rid of this feeling that's holding you down or negative thoughts, don't run from it. You got to just sit in it and just let it be. Awesome. Kyle, thanks again so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you. We're so glad you're part of the Sales Coach Now family. Absolutely. Thank you so much, so much for having me. This is this is a lot of fun for me. And you planted some seeds that now I know I have to go around and do it because otherwise I wouldn't want to disappoint you. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, man. Love to have some other conversations about that. Well, excited for you. And I want to thank our listeners all over the world. We so appreciate you. We love hearing from you. If you haven't gone to my website yet, salescoachnow.com, we have a special gift for you. We have a new webinar called The Authentic Sales Formula, an entrepreneur's guide to serving more clients without being pushy or salesy. It's for sales professionals as well. So go there, download it. It's a great way for us to stay connected, but you'll get access to that webinar so you can make 2018 your most epic year yet. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.